Welcome to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin Solomon, Senior Rabbi of Congregation Beth Hillel in Roswell, Georgia. Beth Hillel is one of the largest Messianic Jewish synagogues in the world and provides a place where Jewish people can find the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus in Hebrew, and retain their Jewishness. It's also where Gentiles worship and embrace the roots of the faith in drawing closer to God. Click the link in the description to support this ministry or to view our YouTube channel. Let's join Rabbi Kevin now as he shares this word from Scripture. I've got something, I think that it's a challenging word, but I think it's a sweet word. It comes from Psalm 139. You know, listen, you're probably a good person. All of you probably are a good, good people. You watching online, you're probably a good person. How do I know this? How do I know that you're a good person? Because you probably wouldn't be here <laughs> or watching unless you had some desire for God or to do what's right. So, so there's got to be something, some, something that stirs within you uh, that is seeking the Lord, uh, if you will, in some form or fashion. Many of you, even more so than that, with your spiritual walk and such, some of you have a, a very deep walk with God and regularly commune with Him. At the same time, I think all of us would recognize, right, nobody's perfect. Anybody who's perfect here, wave your hand at me. Anyone perfect? No, no one perfect. Okay, good. I'm glad no one waves their hands. You know, every once in a while, I remember when my dad used to ask that question, some wise guy would, hey, 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 hey I'm perfect. And it would be like, yeah, it's really not that funny. Uh, and so I'm glad that nobody waved hands today. Why? Because let's face it, none of us is perfect. None of us are even joking close to being perfect, right? I don't, I don't want the... Uh, the, the, the hand of God to come against me for claiming to be perfect. Okay, fair enough. Nobody's perfect. And we all acknowledge this intellectually, right? But practically, practically, it's still hard to admit or oftentimes even see when we are lacking. It's not so easy when the rubber hits the road to be able to really admit or even know, see in areas where we need to improve upon things that we need to change in our life. It's one of the reasons why I absolutely love Psalm 139. It is so beautiful. I got to tell you, the whole psalm, by the way, it's one of the most pro-life psalms in all of the scripture. I was, as I was dwelling and really reflecting and spending a lot of time in Psalm 139 this week, I thought to myself, wow, I got to file this one away uh, for, for a pro-life message at some point. So much of it is just demonstrating and explaining God as being unquestionably pro-life. It's really beautiful that the whole psalm, the whole psalm is written by somebody who clearly has an intimate relationship with God. It's intimate relationship with God. Let's go to Psalm 139. I want to show you something towards the end 
Okay, and so King David, David we know had an intimate relationship with God, right Sam? Sam knows uh, the word of God, he, he reads the Psalms, he knows it. You know all about the life of King David. He's been with me to Israel before. We've, we've been to the city of David. Remember when we were in the city of David? That's just an amazing place right there in, in, in the central part of Jerusalem. Uh, and uh, where, where David had set up his, his palace and that kind of thing. And, and, and David, man, he was, had an intimate relationship with God. Nobody questions that. A, a cursory glance at the Psalms will confirm to you what kind of an intimate relationship David had with God. And yet, as intimate as a relationship, Cameron, I want you to kind of think about this, right? Contemplate this. As intimate as a relationship as King David had with God, yet he's going to ask God to do something at the end of this psalm that is very interesting, Cindy, and, and, and let's, let's reflect on this. Hear what King David says to God, verse 23. Psalm 139, verse 23, King David says to God this, search me, O God, and know my heart. Examine me and know my anxious thoughts and see if there be any offensive way within me and lead me in the way everlasting. Mm. I got to tell you, this is so beautiful and so central to what we're going to be talking about today. I want to read it one more time, and I want you to think about what King David is asking God to do, because it's pretty intense, actually. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Examine me and know my anxious thoughts, and see if there is any offensive way within me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Wow. The psalmist says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Search me. Wow. The Hebrew here is chokheni. Okay? Search me, O God. The Hebrew here and the root of it uh, connotes a penetration, something very deep when he says, search me. The searching is, is not like a uh, from 30,000 feet. Searching. No, no, no. The Hebrew there definitely connotes something very intimate when he says, search me. It's search me deeply uh, to examine intimately. It makes sense here because, because King David is asking God to search what? His heart. That's what he's asking God to search is his heart. So you're not, listen, if, if you are a heart surgeon, you are among the highest paid people in the world. Why? Because that's a dangerous work, but also it's, it requires great training. It's incredibly intimate. I mean, you literally don't get more intimate as a, as a surgeon than, than operating on somebody's heart. Think about that. That just makes sense, right? And so King David says, search me and search my heart. Nothing could be more intimate. Chokheni. Search me. It's interesting. Uh, also, as a side note here, uh, I'll, I'll tell you something happened that happened that's, uh, I think, I thought it was pretty neat myself, is that I, I was working, I had this message in my sermon drawer, something that the Lord had inspired in me to think about, and, and then I developed this, uh, this message from really Psalm 139, 
and, uh, and this whole idea of chokreni, uh, chokreni, search me, O God, search me, O God, the Hebrew, it just stuck with me, and I wrote the message. And then I, and then I, then I went on YouTube, and just, just for, uh, really, just because I was just inspired by it, and I, and I typed it in uh, on YouTube, and literally what came up was, uh, was a new song from uh, the Messianic movement in Israel uh, by Shelley and Dariel Myers, and the name of it is called Chokreni, okay? It's, it's absolutely, and when I say new, I mean it was published on YouTube uh, uh, four or five days ago. Uh, really remarkable. And I got to tell you, when I listen to this song, because this song comes from almost my exact message, which I had already finished, uh, and, and it was so beautiful. The song is so beautiful. And not only this, but uh, these, these people, uh, Shelly uh, Myers and her husband, Kalev, are, are good friends of mine in, in Jerusalem. Uh, they, they, they are known leaders of the Messianic, of, of part of the Messianic community in Israel. They're within the Messianic community in Israel. And, uh, and this is, this is Shelly, who's an amazing worship leader in her own right. And her daughter is the primary singer of the song and the one who's in the video. And when I, and, and wow, she's got an incredible gifting and voice. I really want to encourage you. Some of you are watching online. You can pause me for just a second, come back to this message, but open up a new window and take a look. Look up Chokreni, uh, which is C-H-O K-R-E-N-I on YouTube by Shelley and, and Daryl Myers, uh, a brand new song. And it's so beautiful. The song is stunningly beautiful, and the video is really well done uh, as well. I encourage you to do that, especially in those of you who are here. When you get home, something to connect to this message and to remember it by. Uh, it's all written in Hebrew, but it has English uh, subtitles on it. It's really beautiful. I strongly recommend it. I just kept listening to it, how beautiful it was. Search me, O God, and, and, and the whole rest of this psalm. And then what does David say once he says, search me? He says, then examine me, examine me, and know my anxious thoughts. Examine me in Hebrew is bechaneni which is also in the, within the song, of course. But bechaneni, examine me. Oh God, when it says examine me, within the scripture, the bechaneni is most commonly translated in the scripture as test me. That's what King David is asking to God. First he says, chokreni, search me. Whoa, you're asking God to search you, friends, and to search your heart. You know about the heart. It's it can be deceptively wicked. Who can know it? And as if that's not enough, then he says, "Bechaneni." He says, "Examine me, test me." Woo, man, that's chutzpah. Wow. Examine me. Why? To determine if there is any offensive way within me. I want you to think about asking this. How can you even, how can anybody think about it? It's a hard one to pray. How can the psalmist do this? How can he, please God, search me and examine me. 
for anything that is not good. It's hard to do. That's a hard one to pray. Now, this was not some schlub. This was David we were talking about. This is a good guy. You're a good person. I started off, I'm giving you that. You're a good person. I'm a good person. We're good people. You're a good person. That's great. That's good. David was a good person. He was probably better than all of us. And yet, what does he say? He says, search me, oh God. Search my heart. Examine me for any offensive ways within me. Test me, Lord. Can you say these things to God? Can you say these things to God? Being completely honest, being completely open. Because truthfully, now, now I'm going to talk a little. I know we finished Thanksgiving. I'm going to talk a little turkey. <laughs> truthfully, if you're sincere and say, God, search me, search my heart, test me. Is there anything that shouldn't be there, anything that's offensive within it? God, if you're sincerely asking God that, now think about this for you personally. Think about it. If you are sincere in asking that, God is probably not going to look down at you and say, well, you know what? I really can't see anything at all. You're perfect. (laughs) I mean, he's probably not going to say that. I mean, he's not going to lie. He's going to be honest, right? If you ask him that question, he's like, Okay, you asked. <laughs> I mean, it's a, do you see how it's a gutsy ask? It really is a gutsy ask, man. But because God is going to see some stuff in there. All of us have things. But most of the time we hide it or we honestly don't even see it ourselves. I'll give you a, a couple of examples Two of the most common things that I see in people, selfishness and pride. Selfishness and pride. It's two of the most common foibles, it's a nice way to say it, sins is probably a little more accurate, that that, that are in our country, that we see in America. Selfishness and pride. And here's the key. You ready? Wait for it. Don't look to your left and your right. Most of the time, the people are genuinely unaware of it. They don't consciously recognize the selfishness or pride that is within them. People don't think of themselves as selfish, but they don't go out of their way to serve others. Certainly not regularly. People don't think of themselves as prideful, but they always have to be right or have the last word or not admit when they're wrong. Search me, Chokraini. Search me. Examine me. Examine me, oh God. Whoa, it's a humble ask. It's a gutsy ask because you got to be ready for the answer. This is very deep uh, how the more I examine Psalm 139, the more God, I was intrigued by it. 
because there's so much depth in it. Because what's very interesting about David asking God to search him and examine him and know him is that David is already well aware of the fact that God already does this. He's already well aware of that fact. How do I know that David already knows this? I'm glad you asked. Look at the beginning of the psalm, this same psalm. I'm not going anywhere out of this psalm to answer this question. Psalm 139, verse 1. Before he even asks God to search him and examine him, he already says in verse 1 what? For the music director, Psalm of David, Adonai, you searched me and know me. (laughs) It's so interesting. As I was working on this message and, and kind of putting it all together, it was like, whoa. And it's like, hold on. The beginning of it, he says, he acknowledges it. The beginning of the whole psalm, he says, you searched me and know me. He says it, he acknowledges it. But yet at the end, he says, search me and examine me. It's a, and I thought, why? It was like, whoa, what, what in the world's that all about? Until it began to make more and more sense. You see, David already knows that God has searched him and that God knows him. David already knows this. How much so? How much so does David know that God already has searched him and knows him? It's what the majority of Psalm 139 is all about. The majority of the psalm is about the fact that God has searched him and knows him. The beauty and the intimacy with which God knows us is kind of the point of the whole psalm. Let's keep reading verse 2. Think about this, about how much God knows David. This is the point David is making as to the fact that God knows him so intimately already. Verse 2, whenever, this is David talking to God, whenever I sit down or stand up, you know it. You discern my thinking from afar. You observe my journeying and my resting, and you are familiar with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, Adonai, you know all about it. You hemmed me in behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. (laughs) Wow. This is really cool stuff, y'all. It's really cool stuff. It's, It's amazing. And the whole psalm is talking about the intimate, how God knows him intimately. This is why... I talked about it, it's very pro-life. He talks about God knew him in his mother's womb and all this. It was, he's emphasizing in the psalm how much God knows him, that God has already searched him. See, but this all makes the psalm make sense. David knows well how much God knows him, but that is the key. See, this, my friends, is the, if I could put it this way, the university level spiritual walk that David had. This is the university level. This is not high school level, elementary school. This is not even college 101. This is like grad school spiritual walk. Even though the whole psalm from the beginning, 
speaks of how God knows David inside and outside, still yet at the end, he invites God to search him and examine him and know him. Do you see in this the depth? Let me put it this way, (laughs) just to give you a, a practical way to look at this. It's one thing to know principally and intellectually that you're not a perfect husband. <laughs> it's one thing to know that, or a wife, what, you know, whatever. It's, it's one thing to know that you're not a perfect husband or wife, right? But if, it's one thing to know that, but, but it's entirely another thing to ask your wife to be honest to really be honest, to examine you, and then tell you what areas you're lacking in or need to improve on. (laughs) Now, I know that most of you do that all the time. (laughs) It's probably a weekly thing with some of you. I get that. I know that I'm not quite there. We're we're not quite there. I love our our, our Revitson. We're not quite at that level yet, my friends. Now, do you see? Now, when I see when I put it in those terms, it's a little bit more like, no, but, but you know you're not perfect. You know you're not a perfect husband. You know you're not a perfect wife. But it's a whole nother level right there to ask your spouse, hey, I want you to be, listen to me. I want you to be really honest with me. Don't, don't hold back. I want you to, to really look at me very sincerely and tell me areas where I'm lacking. Tell me things that I'm not doing that I should be doing. Man, I think usually the spouse would not want to answer so much because of the fact that they don't want to have to ask that question themselves back. (laughs) It's like, whoa, what? 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 And they're like, I can just imagine now, is this some kind of a trick? Is this a trick question? Is this, I mean, I, I get to see that probably the question alone might lead, lead to some needed marital counseling, just the question. So what, what you talking about, Willis? You know, it's a <laughs> because if you're asking that question, you're making yourself incredibly vulnerable, right? Man, you are making yourself incredibly vulnerable, You're humbling yourself and you're laying yourself bare. And then, and then, (laughs) when the answer comes, when the answer comes, you have to react with love and contrition when things are brought up to you. So so it's one thing, nobody would, typically, people don't ask that question of their spouse, but even if it's asked, I mean, when you ask that, you have to be in a, if you want to ask that question to your spouse, for example here, it might be your parent, whatever, your best friend, you have to be in a state of mind where you're really going to be open to receive whatever they say, because odds are you don't see it or you're gonna, you may in, intuitively and fleshly disagree with it. See, but this is part of the reason why, why David was asking the question. Do you see why David ends the psalm with this? See, when you see that, it, see, it puts David on another scale. 
He's asking for it. This is the heart of David. You want to know why David was a man after God's own heart? Come on, somebody. <laughs> That's why. This is deep, deep, right, Edith? Very, very deep, 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 deep stuff. Woo, man, this is, this is amazing. David is asking for it. Please, God, please, God, see if there is any offensive way in me. It's against our nature. It's against our nature to ask, certainly to ask this question. Why? You know, even if you're a parent here, if you, if you know kids, you know how hard it is for your children to receive correction. Oftentimes, it's very hard to receive correction. It's hard for anybody, for adults to receive correction. How much more for them to ask you for it? It's not often that the, that the kids will say, Mom, Dad, I, I really think I... I know that you think things are going great, but I think I might need to be disciplined. <laughs> I don't remember which of my relatives it was. Uh, gosh, I don't remember. It was one of my nephews or nieces, I think, that uh, when they were like, a, I don't know, a toddler, three years old or something, they had done something wrong, and their conscience got, got them really bad. And they went to my mom, their grandmother, uh, and they said, Grandmother, pow, 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 pow. <laughs> She's like, what? They were turning themselves in. That's what they were doing. <laughs> the kid was like confessing what they had done, whatever it was. It was like, oh, man, you know, people don't do that very often, right? We, we learn very quickly, don't volunteer that information once we're four maybe, right? When you're four years old. Yeah. That's what King David is trying to do. That's what King David is doing here. We don't do this on the rare occasion where I need to give someone loving correction in the congregation. Listen to this. On the rare occasion, I have to give somebody a little bit of loving correction because of the fleshly nature of people. I know in advance that a percentage of people will not receive it and probably leave the congregation. <laughs> That's how resistant we are to receiving stuff like this. It's sad. How much more so, King David, though, is it impressive what he's doing, asking God for it, when he's already acknowledged that God's already doing it. God already knows, but he's asking He's asking, no, beloved, we need to be more like David, a man after God's own hearts. We need to trust, mm, 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 mm. y'all, ooh, this, David, this is going to make sense. We need to trust in our creator enough to know that whatever he has for us will benefit and bless us. See, that comes down to trust, y'all. That's how you can be vulnerable with God is only if you really trust him. You see, this is why the very last words of the psalm, and I read it, but the very last words after he says, search me, examine me, look for anything offensive, any offensive ways in me. But then what's the very last line of the entire psalm? He says this, Lead me in the way everlasting. That's the last words of the psalm. See, David knows, David knows that if he cleans out 
what God does not want to be there, David will benefit forever. Lead me in the ways everlasting. In other words, I know I've got stuff. I'm sure I have stuff in me. The Lord, show me and reveal it to me. Why? Because I want to get it out because I want to follow your ways eternally. Lead me, God. You're my leader. Lead me, God. That's serious trust. Serious trust. Friends, we need to say to God, Chokreni, search me. Bechaneni, examine me. This is what we need to say to God. It's hard to do. Jeremiah chapter 17. Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 17. But it behooves us to ask these things. Why does it behoove us to ask these things? Because God is already looking anyway. <laughs> He's already searching anyway. Jeremiah 17, verse 10, God says this. He tells us explicitly, I, Adonai, search the heart. I try the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. Okay. It's not like we can really hide anything from God anyway. It's just a matter, it's just a matter of trusting him enough to ask him, and then when you hear an answer, to do something about it, to do something about it. <laughs> As a side note, if, if you're asking God, search me and, and examine me and test me and show me if there's, if there's anything within me that's offensive, God will often reveal himself and his answers to you through your spouse. <laughs> <laughs> if you're married or your parents, if you're younger or your close friends, if you're not married, sometimes it may be somebody, in other words, somebody who's close to you may be the one that God uses to answer that question to him. So I, I don't know how many times I've prayed and, and then I hear the answer, but it's like, boy, that sure sounds like my wife. <laughs> so it sounds like rabbits in there. <laughs> Did you say that, Tiffany? Yes. He looks at me. Mm hmm. Sure did. Oh. <laughs> What's also interesting is this because as I was examining this whole principle of, of searching, asking God to search us, what I also thought was of note is where you don't have to turn to it. I'm not going to read from it explicitly, but if you look at Psalm 17. Psalm 17, David says explicitly, he says, God searched me and tested me and found nothing because he was not in sin. Now, it was interesting because here it was in Psalm 17, God, David said to God that God searched him and he tested him. The same things he's asking for in 139. But, but in Psalm 17, David said, God searched me, tested me, and there was not sin in me. Yet we know, it's like, <laughs> you know the story about David. Just wait for it, buddy. <laughs> it's coming. Don't worry. Sin's coming to you, man. We know the story of David, man. Like I said, David may be a, it's so funny and weird to say, that I said earlier, David's probably a better person than any of us, very close to God. 
Yet we know also at the time he's probably worse than any of us. He's, he's an adulterer and murderer. That's bad. Don't do that. <laughs> he knocked off a couple of the biggest commandments. One, one experience there. That wasn't good. So very interesting. So we know that even though David in Psalm 17, Psalm 17 says, okay, he searched me and I was clean, basically. That, that's not always the case. You may be clean for the moment because maybe you ask God for forgiveness and maybe you're clean at the moment. But that's why it's important to regularly ask God to search you and to examine you. You know what? If David had said Psalm 139 before Bathsheba, things might have been different. The moment he went out on his balcony, actually in the city of David, where we were, right? We were right there at the city of David. You can you can, you can see how the, the, the hills are around there, and they said where the, the palace was on top. The moment he walked out on that, on that patio, <laughs> and, and, he, and he saw that lady, he should have been like, oh, search me, O Lord. Examine and test me, O Lord, and let me get off of this balcony. <laughs> That's the see. If he had been searching his heart, Things would have gone better for him. Very interesting. This is why you may be clean today, but dirty tomorrow. Why this has to be a regular thing that we need to do. Ooh, I'm talking honestly, y'all. This is, this is good information, but it's encouraging too. John chapter 10. See, and in God searching and knowing you, he will seek to protect you. See, here's the great thing about it, is that if you can courageously ask God, search me, if you can ask God to search you for anything that doesn't belong, any offensive ways, that means you really trust him. Know me, know me, God. If you really are sincere about that and seek to do that in your life, oh, friends, God's going to look out for you. He's going to protect you. He's going to look after you. Hear the words of Messiah Yeshua in John chapter 10, verse 14. Yeshua says this, I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. See, David said to God, search me, examine me, know me. Yeshua here is saying, he knows his own sheep. He knows us. He knows you. He knows you. And he is the good shepherd. And he lays down his life for us. See, what Yeshua is saying here is both intense and it brings it all home. 
It really does. God already knows us, but we should invite him to search us and know us. And when we are part of God's flock, Yeshua tells us that he will lay down his life for us. The Messiah of the world will lay down his life for you and me. It's amazing. This clearly demonstrates, my friends, that God can be trusted to inspect us. It's not, we don't invite him to do this and he's not looking to castigate us or to punish us that we ask. No, it's because we want to be led in the ways everlasting. And if we have the humility to love and ask God to know us like this, and to be vulnerable to his correction, then he is willing to lay down his life for us. The title of my message is, Search Me. Yeah, let's bow our heads. Mm. Oh, thank you, Lord. I want to take a moment as the psalmists are coming back up, and as you think about this, I want to ask if, if there's anyone here, in fact, I'd like everybody to please stand for just a minute. And as the musicians play, I want you to take just a moment and, uh, and I, if, if you feel led, <laughs> again, I, I, I give you fair warning and all love, but God already knows. Still, I give you fair warning. Don't ask if you don't want to hear the answer. But we're going to take just a minute here where I want to give you an opportunity silently, just between you and God. This has nothing to do with me. We're, we're silently. I just want you to be honest. And if you desire to ask the Lord, search me, examine me, O Lord. And if there's anything within me that is, that is offensive, Lord, please take it out. Show me. And, and Lord, I'll take it out. And please forgive me. So if you are willing, see, I'm, I'm already given that you're a good person here. I get that. But still, nobody's perfect. And we don't see frequently that which is within us that can be offensive to God. So we'll take just a minute and allow you to just silently commune with God and ask Him to search you if you feel so led. You online, the same thing. Just take a moment wherever you are. And the musician's just going to play just the instruments.
ask him, you may have a, a little, a little just kind of a quickening of an area in your life. It could be anything, really. And if you feel that quickening, don't dismiss it immediately. Be open to the leadings of what the Ruach would speak to you. It's, it's, it's not to get you in trouble. or It's so that you'll be blessed and be more conformed to the image of Messiah. here who's never said a prayer to receive Yeshua into your heart. If you've never committed your life to God, but you'd like to, wherever you are, just raise your hand and we'll have a simple prayer. If you've never committed your life to God, but you want to, just raise your hand and we'll pray together. If you're watching online and you've never said a prayer to receive Yeshua as your Messiah, repeat this simple prayer after me and God will change you. Say, dear God, I humbly come before I accept Yeshua into my heart as my Messiah. I believe he's risen again, sitting at your right hand. Please forgive me of my sins. God, I'm sorry. I'll live the rest of my days for you. Thank you, oh God. If you said that prayer for the first time, if you're here, make sure you see me after the service. I want to encourage you. If you're watching online or listening to the podcast, please send us an email. We want to celebrate with you. 
Lord God, thank you so much. Thank you for this service. Thank you for this beautiful psalm. It's been, it's a sweet psalm. You know, it's, God, it's, it's, it's a psalm where you just, David spills out his heart to you and talks about how much you know him. And Lord, you know us just as much. You know when we sit down, when we get up. Wow. But Lord, it's also a challenging psalm. Lord, we want to draw closer to you. Help teach us your ways, Lord. We humble ourselves before you. I thank you, Lord, for these things, God. B'shem Yeshu, in the name of our Messiah, shall we pray, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin. Please like, subscribe, and share this link with a friend. We would be grateful to receive your tax-deductible gift to further the good news of Messiah Yeshua. To make a contribution, please click on the PayPal link in the description. Also, to view our regular services, click the link in the description for our YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Yeshua the Messiah or how you can become part of our Bethel family, please visit our website at www.bethel.org. That's B-E-T-H-H-A-L-L-E-L dot O-R-G or call 770-641-3000. If you are in the metro Atlanta area, please visit us for an Arab Shabbat service, Friday nights at 8 o'clock, or Shabbat services, Saturday mornings at 11. God bless and Shalom. Nine, 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 nine.